Welcome, one and all, to episode 179 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And today we have a really cool interview with uh, saucerer guitarist Christian Neiman. Uh, their new album, Lamenting of the Innocent, comes out in more or less two weeks. Um, comes out on May 29th. I recorded this interview with him on April 16th, which is exactly a month to the day that I'm recording this episode, May 16th. And uh, I'd received the promo information from the label, from Metal Blade. And, you know, a lot of times what I do is if they have a link to a video, I'll check the video out. And I was like, wow, this actually sounds pretty cool. Uh, To date, they've released three separate uh, videos off of the album. Um, the album Lamenting of the Innocent, once again, they've released The Hammer of Witches, they've released Dance with the Devil, and just yesterday they released a video for Deliverance, which has a um, a duet. It's really back and forth vocals with uh, Candlemass. Candlemass, yeah, I almost fucked that up. Can- Candlemass's lead singer... And um, I always say there's 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 nothing more exciting than listening to a podcaster fumble for information on the fly, which is exactly what what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm pulling this up from TalkingRock.net. I posted the video yesterday on TalkingRock.net. Anyway, the track Deliverance features Johan Lenquist from Candlemass. So, a uh, very cool track, and uh, I'll say this. I think the album is solid throughout. I'm not just saying that because, um, you know, I got to interview Christian. Uh, the music really grabbed me at first, and that's what made me want to interview him. You know, I, I saw I saw the video, I liked it, and then I received the promo. I, I downloaded the album, I listened to it, and I was like, wow, this is actually a really cool album, start to finish. And... You know, you get these press releases, and a lot of times, you know, it's like, the first thing is, oh, this is the heaviest, the blackest, the the most devastating. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's one of those deals, you know? And instead, this press release, was, I thought was kind of cool, because it it said something to the effect of, you know, uh, Saucer is known as, a, as an epic doom metal band, but... They're more than that, and they list off, you know, some of their influences and different things, and you can really hear it. You know, we're we're gonna get into that in the interview, so I don't want to I don't want to go too far into that now, but um, yeah, we're we're gonna play a little candle mass. Yeah, candle mass. Okay, excuse me. We're gonna play a little saucerer uh, before and after the interview, uh, but I do want to. Uh, I kind of pimped out uh, TalkingRock.net for a second there. I just want to touch on some of the other shows and things that I do before we get on into the music and we get on into the interview. So uh, Mark Striegel's TalkingRock.net is a site that uh, I add a ton of content to. Uh, add, you know, I do my new releases um, post every Friday, and I post a bunch of different things on there. For example, I posted the... New Alice Cooper video for Don't Give Up, the Deliverance video from Sorcerer, um, and a bunch of different things. I, I'm able to pimp out my other podcasts on there. Um, Galaxy of Geeks, for example, which uh, the last episode is up there where we talk about different things uh, regarding uh, the wrap-up of Clone Wars and AMC versus Universal and a bunch of other great things. Uh, you can also check us out on galaxyofgeeks.net for that. That's uh, plain and simple. If you're into Star Wars, Marvel, Game of Thrones, wrestling, so on and so forth, we talk about all that good stuff on there. Uh, you could keep up either on talkingrock.net or galaxyofgeeks.net. Uh, we've also got a great group on Facebook where there's a lot of interaction on a daily basis between. You know, the host, Chris Vaglio, myself, and other people that follow the show. And what we've been doing have been live streaming on Facebook and then posting that to YouTube and then creating an audio version out of that. Um, 
I've also reworked the Galaxy of Geeks website, so it's it's fresh, it's new, it's exciting. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so check it out. Um, also, every oh, I was gonna say every Friday. No, we've switched this up thanks to the uh, pandemic. We've switched it up to release the episodes on Monday on Patreon, uh, the Mark Striegel podcast, where I co-host along with uh, Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. And we're actually recording an episode in about two hours from now. And um, so it's $2 a month for that. You know, it's about 50 cents an episode. And what you get on on that feed, again, I help curate pretty much everything that's on there. Um, we do the Mark Strigel podcast. Uh, I also do a ton of daily videos based on the new releases post that I do on Talking Rock. .net, I get a lot of great ideas for bands that the majority of them you probably have never heard of because it's, you know, I love posting a video and seeing people post, wow, this is great, really love it, I gotta, you know, dive back into their catalog. Or, you know, I lost track of this band, this new track sounds great, Let, I'm gonna check this out, that type of a deal. So, you know, I post one to two New release videos, I post a classic every day, and then I post, um, does this cover work? Where, you know, I'm asking people the, it's self-explanatory. Do, you know, do you think that this cover of this track works or not? Uh, some do, some don't. Um, some are purposely there to see how people react to them. Some I like and <laughs> the other people crap on. That's cool. You know, we don't all have the same taste of music. Uh, then for the weekends, I post uh, a live classic, one for Saturday, one for Sunday. And then I've just started doing a weekend mashup. Uh, so I do one mashup for the for the weekend to see if you guys think, similar to the covers. Do you, do you think that this mashup works? So, uh, I don't know, just a lot of fun interacting with people and... Um, just a a lot of good banter going on back and forth. If you're a fan of the old cla- of the old talking metal forums, this is this is your spot. This is your place to go because there's that same type of camaraderie and and good discussion going back and forth about the various things that are posted on there. So I highly recommend it. Um, if you got two bucks to spare, do it. Um, not holding a gun to anyone's head, but just saying it's out there. Um, and, you know, there's going to be more information on some of my other podcasts shortly. I've been reworking all the websites, been working on launching a web design business. Uh, unfortunately, with the uh, pandemic, it's hard to um, uh, get through everything that's left. Uh, I'm, I'm in a spot where I want to launch things, but I feel that I need to be a little bit more prepared. So I've still got like 30 hours left of classes that I want to do before I can launch that. But definitely, if, if you want to see examples of, of what I've done, you know, go to the galaxyofgeeks.net site or go to um, the Despot Geek podcast site or go to the Rockin' Uh, rock and pod site nashville rock and pod expo.com and uh you can see some of the work that i've done um unfortunately with rock and pod like everything else that's been going on uh it's postponed till next year but due to the fact that i am you know working behind the scenes on the site and marketing and different things what they're working on will blow people's minds it will take this expo to another level um, not to say that what's been done so far isn't good or great, but this is really going to take it to the point where people are really going to not start to take it seriously, but, but I think it'll be something that, and not to say that people haven't taken it seriously already, it'll just go to another level where people will really want to make this like a destination like every year, you know, they'll want to check out or there'll be validity to it. And, you know, bigger name people will want to come on. Um, I won't say any more than that. If everything plans out or works out as expected, it, uh, it will be great. So, um, that's, that's all I will say. Um, I have, 
talked your ear off for for about enough time. Um, we are going to get into a snippet of a track off of "Lamenting of the Innocent." We're gonna get in. We are going to get into the hammer of witches. You could catch the video up there on YouTube as well. And um, yeah, this track is really cool. And, and I mean, if you're looking for something to check out, similar to me, if you haven't heard anything by the band yet, I highly recommend that you do check this out. Because if you're an old school heavy metal fan, um, this this to me really harkens back to a lot of those albums that you know, Martin Birch produced, uh, whether it's the Rainbow stuff, whether it's, you know, the the Sabbath albums that he worked on in the early 80s, whether it's stuff like um, Killers by Iron Maiden. So I'm not saying that they're as good or better or nothing like that, um, because obviously for most people, there's a an emotional connection to all that stuff that's going to be hard to beat. But I will say that production-wise, sonically, the feel that you get from from this stuff, I think, you know, is a good callback to a lot of that stuff without being a carbon copy of it, without ripping anything off. You know, it's it's almost like they drank from the same well and kind of, you know, the the, the tree sort of sprouted in the same direction per se. Um, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. But anyway. Let's get into The Hammer of Witches by Saucerer, and then we are going to check out my interview with Christian. They get scared to, you know, not want to push the boundaries beyond, you know, maybe what they've established or what's in the minds of, of fans or critics or marketers as to what the band should sound like. But what I thought was kind of cool when I read the uh, press release for Lamenting the Innocent is that you guys pointed out right away that you guys are more than an epic doom metal band. Um, why was it so important to you and the band to, to say that right up front, you know, when presenting the album? Um, I think because, uh, I mean, Sorcerer traditionally is coming from, of course, the epic doom world, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I think as, as when we, re- re- the rebirth in 2010, you know, we started writing new songs, uh, and all, carrying into, I mean, the, the previous album and, and this one, I think we're drawing from, from a lot of different sources and, and, I think if someone listens to Sorcerer and, and has this preconceived notion that, okay, it's going to sound like Epic Doom. And if you have Epic Doom in your head, for me personally, I have 
I hear Candlemas because right. they are the kings of Epic Doom, you know. Right. That's, you can't touch those guys. That's the best Epic Doom man ever. Uh, and and if you listen to Sorcerer with that mindset, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed, you know. Gotcha. Because we don't sound like Candlemas. Yeah. We love Candlemas, uh, but but we wouldn't want to sound like them, you know. Of course, we have our influences from them, and you could probably hear, you know, riffs here and there, absolutely. But uh, we we try to add el- other elements, you know. We mm-hmm. we we really try to go for you know huge choruses and epic melodies, and and I mean I, I read. You know, some people say we have more of a power metal, power metal band influence, or you know, heavy metal, and and yeah, I, I think we draw from from all places. You know, mm-hmm. I think if I mean to to uh, sort of answer the question, it, it, I, I would call maybe our music now. I mean, just pretty. I mean, slow melodic metal. That that that, that would probably be more more accurate maybe than doom metal but of course it's in the eye of the you know the ear of the, yeah. the you know i mean everybody can call us whatever they want you know fine <laughs> <laughs> right do you feel that that was a conscious effort to start weaving in other styles of, of metal in there or is that just something that kind of came about it's just it's a natural thing for sure um because we, we, we listen to stuff lots of stuff which is not metal you know i listen to pop music and mm-hmm. Regular rock music, whatever you know, and everybody in the band, I think, does does it, you know. And it, it's just a natural thing. We we don't try to push our, ourselves in a certain direction because we think that uh, the fans are gonna like it more or whatever, you know. We we just write what we like and we mm-hmm. go with our gut feeling, you know. If we, if we write something and we get goosebumps, then we know, okay, at least five people, the ones in the band, we're gonna like it. Right. And hopefully, some other people will like it too, you know. That, yeah. That's what we go for, you know. And then, if we would, if we would really, you know, be concerned with what 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 other people think, we would probably maybe make it sound like the old demos or something, you know, mm-hmm. maybe old stuff. But nah, there's there's many bands sounding like that, you know. And, and <laughs> we want to we want to try to push it in another direction, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as, as far as doing that, as far as pushing things in a little different direction. Did that also influence how you went about recording this album with wanting to try different things in the studio? Uh, well, uh, nah, I, I would say when it comes to recording, we are pretty, ter- pretty traditional. I mean, we, okay. we, we're all old people, you know, we're old guys. We've done <laughs> this for a long time, you know, uh, we've in different bands in different situations. We all, that's what, that's, that's also why we don't really need a producer. I mean, we, we know how to get the sounds we want. Uh, and we're pretty uh, we're pretty confident that we can write a song or two, you know, that, that that has a pretty good structure and you know parts and dynamics and melodies and stuff that works together, you know. Uh, but when it comes to recording, I mean, I, uh, I, I think we just there's no really experiment. I mean, just get the drums to sound as big as possible and as good as possible, and <laughs> save the bass and the guitars, and then when everything sounds as big as possible, we leave it to our mixing guy to figure it out, you know. You can. <laughs> Try to make it fit together, you know, in, in a way. Gotcha. But okay. it's more like I think that the, the experimental uh, parts came in like, I mean, it's not a huge experiment, but for instance, on this album, we have a growling, you know, some growling vocals for the, mm-hmm. the first time in the history of Sorcerer. Um, we're doing some really like a, almost like a bit of a blast beat on the drum or like a, a pretty pretty fast anyway, maybe not blast beats, but, you know, we, we try to try to push little things here and there, you know, maybe a bit harsher vocals and then maybe even more melodic choruses, more poppy stuff, or maybe more synthesizers or, you know, that we, we do it by, uh, by degree, you know, small, mm-hmm. small things here and there, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, do you feel that it's hard for you guys to be critical with each other to uh, self-produce it? Or is there one member of the band that's a little bit more, um, uh, I don't know, a little bit more focused when it comes to producing this stuff where maybe he's a little harsher with everyone else with their parts. Uh, no, I think we're all pretty harsh on ourselves, you know. Like, we know okay. we know when something's sucking. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, you know, when someone is not doing the work. But it's it's rare that it happens. I mean, it's mostly it's mostly then a matter of, I mean, the, the quality of the song, you know, maybe, maybe a couple of riffs are pretty bad, you know, and we have no problem saying it. You know, maybe, maybe try to 
I mean, we don't say it like, oh, you wrote some shitty riffs. But, uh, <laughs> right. You know, we still want to be friends, you know. So we try to maybe say like, hey, man, can you maybe try to change a couple of notes in those riffs or something, you know, in a diplomat diplomatic kind of way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the end of the day, you know, if maybe that song for some reason doesn't resonate with everybody, I think we're pretty good at, at knowing what, what we like, you know, and what, what everybody likes, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and when we voted, we, I think we had 12 songs for this album recorded uh, to, to, to choose from, you know, and we recorded the 10, I guess. Um, and then we, we were pretty, it was pretty anonymous. What do you say? Uh, an, an anonymous? No. Unanimous. Unanimous. Thank you very yeah. much. That word. <laughs> unanimous. Like we, we knew, okay, this is going to be these songs we do. And these are the songs we, we won't do this time. You know, we put them on the back burner or whatever. So we're, we're, we're very critical and we're honest uh, with each other for sure. Okay. Is there any song off the album that you were kind of maybe had mediocre feelings towards initially, but once it all kind of came together, it really surprised you. And it's maybe one of the songs that you like more off of the album. Um, yeah, actually there is, uh, it was the song. I wouldn't say it was, uh, uh because, um, the song called uh, "Condemned." Okay. Uh, it's it was a, I see it like a really a ballad kind of thing. Right. Uh, not as ballad as like Deliverance, which is like the acoustic, really ballady stuff. But and it was it was something with I think it was the vocal melody or something, which which uh, just didn't really gel with me, you know. Uh, and I thought like, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a decent song. Mm -hmm. But then something happened when we when we did it for real, you know, uh, and and the the real they put the the real vocals. I don't remember, can't remember if they changed anything about it. But that song really grew, and now it's my one of my favorite songs. It's it's such a beautiful beautiful song. Uh, that that one was definitely one of those um, because it was also not not one written by me. That was written by Peter, the other guitar player. Okay. Um, uh, as far I mean, I had. Probably, I mean, many songs that didn't end up on the album, you know. I had a couple which you get the initial feeling when you're writing, like, ah, oh, this is going to be really cool, you know. And I can, I, I have this idea in my head that this is going to be this type of song. And then as as you start working on it, you know, and start adding vocals and different things, you just realize that this this is a piece of crap. You need to, <laughs> you need to scrap it and just move on with your life. It's going to be so much simpler than try to, you know, beating a, you know, that horse. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I guess there are some times where, you know, it, it just isn't the right moment for a riff. Maybe, you know, it seems to work, but then in the end it doesn't. And maybe it's, I mean, I've seen it with other bands where maybe they'll pull a riff out 10 years after they wrote it. And it's the perfect time to incorporate it into a song. But exactly. when you're recording this album, maybe it's something that just doesn't fit the feel or, or the groove or whatever. And you just have to leave it behind and move on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we do we do quite extensive demos, you know. When when we when we write the stuff, we we all program pretty accurate drums and you know the bass and guitars and everything are is pretty much there. So so you have you got a, you get a pretty good view on how it's going to sound in the end. But still, some some things can you know change and some things can turn usually for the better. You know, right. there's stuff being added all the time and people are constantly like shaping or, or, you know, sharpening the, the parts, you know, and, and soon maybe something that started out a bit dodgy, you know, in the end, just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now I get what you were uh, thinking with that song, you know? So yeah, it's an, it's an ongoing process, of course. Gotcha. Okay. And the band obviously has, has evolved over the years. Um, you've had different people coming in and out of the band uh, to you. What do you think is more important to have someone that gels with the band from a personality standpoint or someone that's just the best player available, regardless of how they are, you know, off, off stage or outside of the recording studio. That would be a option a every time. <laughs> okay. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I don't care how good a player anybody is. I don't, that's, I mean, you have to have a certain level. I mean, you can't be a, a bad player because you have right. to be, execute the songs. But, uh, but I mean, as uh, you need to be a cool guy. Otherwise, no one would, would want to hang out with you, you know? 
Unless it's your band, unless you're Ingvi Malmsteen, you know, you could be a total <laughs> dick. I, uh, no, I don't know Ingvi, and I have no idea if he's a dick or not, you know, but just right. an example. If it's your name on the marquee, then I guess, and you're paying everybody's salaries, then, yeah, you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a band, I mean, yeah, you, you just got to be a cool guy. Otherwise, no one wants you in the band. Yeah. But, I mean, or if you're a, a genius songwriter, that you know your band sells millions because of your songs then yeah i guess people can put up with you if you're a if you're a dick <laughs> but uh, for me you know I, I, like i said you were we're we're old guys we've been through those times when you just you're so hungry and so you know you just want to make it you just want to get out and tour and get out and play music and get out records out that you don't you don't really care mm-hmm. that someone is a bit weird or someone doesn't think think the way you do or, or someone is an asshole you know just i can i can it doesn't matter i don't whatever i can deal with it you know but now at this point in life you know you just want to surround yourself with, with cool people and I, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you for you you know yeah you you probably have zero tolerance for idiots you know right. you just want to <laughs> surround yourself with, with cool guys and it's the same for us you know gotcha okay yeah. Yeah, a few years back, there was another band, a band that actually morphed into the, uh, they changed their name to Holy Grail, but they had been using the name Sorcerer for a little bit. Um, I mean, it's always challenging because, you know, throughout the world, there's so many different countries, so many bands that sprout up. And um, my question to you is this, how difficult is it to hold on to a name that's obviously as coveted as the name Sorcerer, and is it a pain in the ass, like, legally to have to deal with that kind of stuff? Um, I I have no idea. I haven't really thought about it until now when you mention it. I mean, I guess there are there, – I, I know there's a, a, a sorcerer in, I think, like, Argentina or something maybe. Okay. Uh, um, and this, like you said, it's probably a sorcerer in, in every town, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I never even thought about it. No one has ever, ever like uh, – contacted us or said anything like hey man we're the real sorcerer you guys need to quit it you know right um, the only thing is sometimes it's really funny because uh if we watch our uh, spotify playlist uh, or the spotify profile you know sometimes this uh there's this uh, um dance dj kind of thing you know and i think it's based in london or something <laughs> that comes up and it frequently his songs come up in our profile you know right and it, Looks, it doesn't look anything, of course, like our <laughs> record covers. It looks like, yeah, you know, yeah, what you can imagine, trance music or whatever it is, you know. Right. And that's like, oh, come on, Spotify, get it right, you know. It's not the same, you know. But that, that's the only time when I've, uh, when we had some, you know, issues with that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit off air about the um, craziness that's going on in the world now. Um, was there any hesitation from the band, given everything that's going on, to release the album now? Or was it a case that this was already scheduled ahead of time and you guys just wanted to adhere to the release date? Uh, yeah, I think it was um, – I think the, the label asked, just asked the question, uh, like, do you guys want to release this now? Is, is, is it a good thing to do? And we all agreed together with the Metal Blade that, yeah, we should go ahead and do it. Um, I mean, uh, I would, of course, we could maybe sit on it for a year or something, but I, I don't know. I, th- I think give give the fans more music, you know, give ourselves the chance to write new music. I mean, we it's not like we have shortage of ideas, so right. We just yeah, we, we've we've. I mean, I would be pretty pissed if we had to you know sit on this one for half a year or another year. That would be depressing. Uh, I just want to get this out, let people hear it, and then you know yeah. Even if we don't, you know, do any gigs this year or, you know, a bit into the next year, then we can start working on new music, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I think that's the that's the way we feel about it right now. Yeah, and that makes sense because, I mean, I think Hatebreed has come out, and I forget the other band. Um, there's another prominent band that's on Century Media that also has said that they're holding off on releasing their album because they're not going to be able to print enough vinyl or CDs by the time the album comes out. So they're going to sit on it. And my, my first 
thought was exactly what you said. You know, for so many artists that I've interviewed over the years, an album is like a photo album where it's a snapshot of what was going on at that point in time in their life for a lot of people. So, yeah, so almost to hold on to it for a year, you know, and and wanting to get that out there when you could, as you said, record something else or or have something ready if, if you have to wait six months, if you have to wait a year, you know, maybe there's something else you know to release at the time maybe this time uh is sort of the catalyst to put something else together so i mean yeah. that what you said makes absolute sense yeah i, I mean if you, if you hold on to the album another year let's say we we release it in yeah may 2021 okay that that means we lost sort of like a whole a whole year you know maybe we could Maybe we, we were writing new stuff then, but mm-hmm. then that record needs to get its, you know, time to to do its work, you know. And then you, it's like, yeah, you lost a year of, of being able to be creative and release stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think better to just let it go, you know, yeah. just release. Let people hear it, you know. That, that makes someone's going to be happy. So. Yeah. Well, and besides that, labels aren't like back in the 70s where you had bands releasing two albums in a year. So imagine going to Metal Blade and say, hey, we got another album to release in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it would not be happy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we were talking about you know, the situation that what it's like for me here in Spain. And, and in Sweden, it's kind of different. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know the news can portray things the, the way that they want. Um, but people are still able to go out in Sweden and things are still, you know, kind of a, a little bit more social as a, as opposed to being completely locked down as what they are in, in other countries. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, they, they're advising people not, not to uh, travel by uh, public transport, but it's not closed or anything. You know, okay. you don't get fines for, for going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the schools are still open. Oh, wow. uh, but yeah, the, the 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 strategy here is, I think, they're they thinking like, okay, everybody's gonna get this virus. You know, there's no way around it. Okay. But they only try to make sure that they can keep the curve pretty flat, so they don't they don't uh, overflow the the hospitals. Yeah. Okay. That that's the sort of strategy, as far as I know. And I mean, but I I still think people are fucking idiots because i mean i know people are going out partying in clubs and you know hanging out like that like there's nothing wrong you know Mm -hmm. and i mean you know you need to you need to exercise some fucking personal responsibility and think about shit like that you know yeah i mean stay home i mean better i mean i guess the government could be a tiny bit stricter and say like hey man if you go out you're gonna get fined Mm -hmm. or something like that maybe you know like like in maybe in spain um but i I guess every country has their own strategy i'm I'm, and definitely i'm not an uh, epidemiologist or whatever you call it you know Mm -hmm. i have no idea of shit like that so i'm trusting the guys in charge to take the right decisions but i mean they're also very very humble in in that and they're saying like you know yeah, you can point fingers now, but it's better to point fingers after because no one knows how to deal with this. You know, this yeah. is a new situation. We'll see afterwards what what was wrong and what was right. Right. So, yeah. Are there bands that are actually contemplating going out and doing shows at this point, or or at least from from a you know metal standpoint, are the bands more or less conscientious and and not wanting to uh, to risk anything for themselves or, or for fans? Um. I think, I mean, most most guys I know are are doing the live streaming thing from the rehearsal space or uh, you know an empty stage. Gotcha. I don't know anybody that that is planning on going out and doing gigs. I I don't think that would fly too well, you know, with people. Uh, but uh, you don't know. I mean, there could be some people. Um, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't be surprised given the stupidity of some people, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. Initially, what did the rest of the year have in store for you? Let, let's say that all this clears up by the time the summer rolls around. I, I know that you guys had a few like festival dates planned. Um, if everything were to go away, you know, before the summer starts up, what do you envision the band doing from here to the end of the year? Touring as much as possible. You know, we would we would because uh, in the in the past we've done 
done a fair bit of festival playing, but not really touring, you know, and that's that's what we really need to get out and do more of. You know, we, we need to yeah, play shows with different packages and, and do more shows. That's it, just to make people more aware of, of the band. And and it, yeah, it, I mean, if, if, it would, if it disappeared right now, yeah, we would definitely be out there promoting the album. Starting on the release date, you know, we had a release gig at the Rock Hard Festival in Gelsenkirchen mm-hmm. on the 29th of May. And we had a couple of shows there in Germany and, and Netherlands and also Sweden Rock the weekend after, which we're, of course, looking forward to immensely. Uh, but uh, those are not happening, so I guess. So, um, yeah, the rest of the year, um, if, yeah, was it, if it was uh, possible to go out and tour, we would do that. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. So, I think it's going to be more like, yeah, last trying to upload more stuff to YouTube, social media, doing the streaming thing. Um, probably, yeah, I mean, try and hopefully some sort of regularity. I mean, do it from the rehearsal space. Hey, check us out playing some new songs. Hey, check us out playing some really old songs or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just to keep busy and keep people sort of interested, I think. Uh, something like that. And then, yeah, maybe start working on a new record, some, something. Okay. Um, I've seen pictures of the pre-order of of what you can pre-order from the album. Mm -hmm. And man, this stuff looks really cool with all the different colored vinyl that you guys are going to be releasing, the deluxe box set, um, and and just everything. Um, How involved do you guys get in... Excuse me. How involved do you get in putting together all of the... um, all of you know the the vinyl, the box set, all that stuff. How much input do you have, or is that something that the label comes to you and says, "Hey, you know, this has worked for other bands, or we'd think this would be cool for you guys." You know, would you like to try it? I think it's a it's a combination. I, I think we're very involved uh, in in uh, coming up with with ideas and yeah, can we use this and can we have like beer coasters? Can we have guitar picks <laughs> or, or whatever? You know, and then I think the label. I, Personally, I'm not super uh, involved in this process. Uh, okay. So it's been uh, Anders, and I know Anders and Johnny have been very active in this process. But I think, you know, w- what I've seen, they, they, they've they been taking huge responsibilities here. And, and I think they they uh, bounce ideas back and forth with the label. And probably the label says, okay, cool idea. Let's see how much it's going to cost or whatever, you know, see if it's possible to do it. And then... We get a cost, and then you you have to figure out okay if it's going to do we're going to include this one the box is going to cost this much more you know so mm-hmm. and then you have to think like okay are people really going to buy it because of this thing you know or you know it's all down to economics pretty much I think sure you know, but but we're we're pretty involved I would say you know and and with vinyls I mean we just yeah we got a chart with a thousand colors and just. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not a vinyl guy in the band. We have a couple of vinyl vinyl uh, freaks in the band. Okay. Uh, they, um, I think Anders and uh, they they got to choose like the the cool colors, like wh- whatever they wanted, you know. And I'm fine with that. I'm not buying vinyls anyway. I don't care. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I think we're uh, definitely involved in every step, you know, in in conjunction with the label. Gotcha. Yeah, because for those that haven't seen it yet, it's seven different vinyl colors that the that the band is going with. So there's definitely a lot of if you're, if you're into vinyl, definitely a lot of cool shit to check out. Yeah, and I think I think actually I heard yesterday I think already some of the most more limited ones are already sold out from uh, from the pre-orders. Yeah, I uh, can imagine because there's some pretty cool splatter ones. Yeah. That, uh, that those t- tend to go pretty fast. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, I just mentioned the pre-order, you mentioned that the album was coming out on the 29th. Um, is there any place where you prefer people to uh, pick the album up? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, you can order from us. You can order from Metal Blade. You can, if you're so inclined, you can download it uh, legally, of course, from <laughs> iTunes um, or stream it on Spotify. You know, there it's all over. Uh, but of course, we would appreciate if you buy the album. That's always that always helps us, you know, to uh, get a, buy some guitar strings for the next album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and where should people go to keep up with uh, the band? You mentioned the YouTube, and you mentioned the, a few other places. Uh, wh- yeah. Where should they go on the internet to see what you guys are up to? Yeah. 
Well, uh, if they want to, they can uh, very welcome to subscribe to our uh, channel, which has, I think, 200 viewer, uh, 200 subscri subscribers right now. Okay. So it's not it's not crowded. You can fit in perfectly. It's called uh, Sorcerer TV. That's our uh, yeah our name for the channel. We're going to be uploading. Uh, we uploaded like a playthrough for Hammer Witches, and we're we're pretty bad at uploading stuff. We're we're really going to be better at it. You know, I'm going to upload a lot of more lessons. You know, guitar stuff. You know, we can learn to play the songs and stuff stuff like that. Uh, so that's coming for sure. Um, of course, Facebook. I mean, I would say YouTube and Facebook. Probably Facebook is the the best place. We we are always there answering questions. You know, if people are, uh, you know, asking us a question there, or you know, they will always get an answer, no problem. And um, it's just, I guess, sorcerer, maybe sorcerer band or something, or just sorcerer. You will uh, you will find us. Okay, cool. That's and to take us out of the interview, uh, pick a song off the album to uh, to end the interview and and let us, you know, what why why did you want to pick this song? Like, tell us something about it. Okay, I, I, okay, I always pick this one. I uh, my favorite song is the title track, "The Lamenting of the Innocent." Okay. Um, yeah, I just um, it's because when we, when we really got it together with that chorus, you know, uh, it was one of the first songs we. We finished, and it means that song just means so much to, I think to to me, I know for sure, and and uh, for ho hopefully to other people in the band too. It's just such a powerful. Uh, I think it, it sort of encapsulates everything that that sorcerer is today. You know, he's got the heavy, you know, gritty guitar riffs and verse, and it's got a beautiful. I mean, not trying to toot my own horn, but it's pretty pretty good guitar solos. Uh, it's you know melodic and a bit shreddy and it's got an awesome chorus and a, a, a big build up in the end you know I, I just think it has all the elements of, of the sorcerer what it is today but I mean seriously I could pick any song of the album like I said condemned beautiful song I mean it all all songs are are really my favorites but <laughs> if I have to pick one it's lamenting of the innocent the title track.
awesome. That is the title track off of Lamenting of the Innocent. Once again, comes out on May 29th on Metal Blade. And want to thank Nikki Law for making that interview possible. She's always been great to me over the years, regardless at what label she's been at. So if a band is remotely cool and she's promoting them, I like to help out and like to promote. If I like the band, like I enjoyed this stuff from Sorcerer. Another excuse to uh <laughs> to hook up with her and ask her for for an interview. So there you go. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys liked the sound samples that I played. Support the bands you love if you liked those tracks. Um purchase the CD, purchase the vinyl. We talked about that and all the various crazy colors that they have coming out. Uh stream the album, purchase it up there on uh, iTunes, Apple Music, whatever it's called. Uh you can still purchase on Spotify and all that stuff as well. Um and again, there's three videos out there. Check them out before deciding to pull the trigger on stuff. So, um we are going to wrap things up here. And we're going to play another sound sample of the track, Dance with the Devil. You can hear it in its entirety up there on YouTube. You can check the video out. And um, again, pick the album up if, if, you enjoy the, if you enjoy what you've heard. So there you go. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. See ya.
Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 